podcast for music loving people and guys listen I, I we are talking about janet jackson today uh and all i can say is that we, we recorded part one of the janet jackson episode we weren't intending oh there was going to be a part two but god did you listen to it if you haven't listened to it we ranked six of the 11 albums that we were talking about and shit got a little contentious oh it was great <laughs> it was awesome uh, and you and we're not going to mention those albums again. So if you want to know how they ranked and so much more about why we're getting into what we're getting into right now, please listen to part one. I mean, duh, you're listening to part two. Of course, you're going to listen to it. You love the chartographers. You love Evan Saad. You love Taryn O'Reilly. You love special guest Nick Shoda. How can you not? You kind of love Evan Saad. Okay, that's. <laughs> <laughs> you can take him in small Shame. doses. Why is he hosting the fucking podcast? Hint, hint. Taryn's hosting his own episode in the future. It's going to take. Because he's off. way better at filling space and bullshitting than I am. So. <laughs> Guys, we're not going to have a dull moment, right? <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, <laughs> uh, that being said, uh, Janet, I mean, Janet Jackson is one of the most iconic defining artists, and therefore, I mean, there are personal favorites. There's a lot of things getting thrown into the mix, so we are now down to five really interesting albums. Uh, we are down to 1986's She's Breaking Out Into Her Own Thing, Control. We are down to 1989's incredible Janet Jackson Rhythm Nation uh, 1814. Do you know what the 1814 stands for? It's the year that Francis Scott Key wrote uh, the National Anthem. Also, if you're right. a typographer using code, uh, using like A is 1, B is 2, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. 18 and 14 is R and N. Oh, yeah, there's that too. So, <laughs> was I wrong about that first fact? I don't. No, no, it is also true as well. Okay, like, uh, there's multiple things going on. Uh, oh no, never mind. Yeah. Also, uh, the Velvet Rope from 1997. Ooh, Miss Nasty. 2001's Joyous, <laughs> All for You, and 2015's most recent album, Unbreakable, and that, and that's still in the list, guys. Uh, and part of the reason is because uh, it's not terrible. It's in the top five. So, guys, we're going to be ranking these albums now. Nicholas Shoda has had a lot to say, a lot to do. And we, in the last episode, I feel really bad. I'm not going to tell you what uh, Nick Shoda's favorite album is. Uh, it did go to the graveyard. And, we're, and, you know, we're very upset about that, but also we're right. And so uh, <laughs> we want to see what's going to happen now because we're down to five very different albums. And I think I'm mean, right in saying that. These are across the spectrum. They're of so many different styles and tropes and other things. Nick yeah. showed it. Oh, hold on. Nick showed is giving me a look right now. He's about to say something. I don't know what it is. His I'm, eyebrow arch. So, I'm sorry. I was just going back into my brain and, and thinking about um, the Francis Scott Key thing. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> I was like, is that? Is that anyway. Yeah. Um, it, is, it is great. Yes. Uh, anyway. Uh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So Thank right you. now, we're down to number five of some really incredible albums. And listen. I feel really bad about what we did to Nick Shota, even though we're right. And I want Nick Shota... False. They're wrong. They're Set. fucking wrong. And Janet Jackson, true fans, will know what I'm talking about. Uh, and for you Chartographers fans, uh, we're right. But, number five, <laughs> Nick Shota. I want you to throw it out there. Whatever it is. We are, again, Control, Rhythm Nation, Velvet Rope, All For You, Unbreakable. What do you throw? Um, Unbreakable. I immediately, without even saying anything, would agree. Uh, but let's talk about it first. 
Uh, because what is this after? This is after a seven-year break from a woman that took only two to three years between albums. Mm -hmm. uh, this is uh, a break, and at, let's be honest, a lot of fans fell off the reservation. All For You was a massive commercial success. Critically, it was it was pretty good. It was yeah. up there. But uh, it was a massive success. And then uh, there was the Super Bowl incident. Then there was Demita Joe, which had not no hit came out of Demita Joe. I mean, she wasn't allowed to promote. She was blacklisted on mm -hmm. every TV and radio station. So. And then there was there was that. And to keep in mind, it wasn't the fact... And we're going to talk about Nipplegate in the Happy Hour minisode after this. But Nipplegate was a big deal because... So much of what television's censorship has become is because of Nipplegate, yeah. because of everything that happened in there. And we're oh, we're gonna have such a discussion, so stick around for that. But the thing about that is that after All for You, uh, Demita Joe and Twenty Yo were very much kind of diminishing returns of like this this new modern fresh sound that she developed with Jam and Lewis was just kind of watered down, a little more hip-hopped up, and just kind of not as satisfying. And that's why, hit, I'm not going to tell you where they landed, but they are in the part one episode. That's all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So as such, Discipline came around, and Discipline was an interesting little album. It was when she didn't work with Jam and Lewis. She had a lot of different producers and colors and textures, which we hadn't really heard in a Janet album from uh, before, because Demita Joe and 20YO were kind of samey a little bit in a certain degree. Sure. But, uh, and then Discipline exploded with color and texture, and then, after all of this time, Unbreakable comes out. There's this new song that comes out called No Sleep with J. Cole. And at first, fans, and myself included, were kind of like, I, I think I like it. I don't really know. It took me a while to kind of come around to it. I've come around to it, definitely. But it's just kind of like, this is your comeback single? Like, oh, I didn't give a fuck about No Sleep. Yeah. I was like, I, I don't care. Like, Janet, this is not 1993. You can't sneak in here with That's the Way Love Goes. <laughs> what, what are you trying right. to do here? That's exactly what she was trying to do. That is yes. And but and it it, I remember being like i also being met about it, and I do definitely like it a lot now. Oh yeah. I also, for the record, totally prefer the version without J Cole. Yes. Over yes. the album oh, version. Yeah, his yes. verse is not. His verse so is great. not yeah. great, and so yeah. if you get the single version, I <laughs> totally recommend that. Yeah. Um. But Unbreakable. That being said, Unbreakable is really good. It's, it's, it's a yeah. really solid album. Yeah. And there's a lot of reasons as to why. For number one, Janet plays to her age. I would say that yeah, for someone who's never really had an incredible voice, who's someone who's always had a pretty good but not amazing voice, it's definitely aged and withered, but she's never pushing herself outside of her range. She's just, she's not instead of like collapsing or like being like Mariah Carey in her later years really trying to focus no guys I can still sing she just embraces it she embraces but, her age but she still sounds really solid yeah. I mean sure she uses mm. a bit of auto-tune on tracks and you're like okay maybe you you needed a little assistance but it also really fits the sound of the songs where it is and it's definitely not always there like mm. I think you know it's far from her best vocal performance and, and her age definitely comes through, especially when she gets into, like, her low alto range. You can really sound, hear, like, oh, you are in your upper 40s. Well, so, <laughs> I, in thinking about the, the question of her age, see, for me, I listened to Unbreakable, and for me, I felt like, oh, this sounds like Janet. Whereas the previous three albums just didn't quite sound like her. Yes. Discipline, I think... Almost. Was the most of of that that that, that era trilogy, the Demita yeah. Joe twenty Y O discipline the last that, years. that era yeah. discipline was probably the most successful in the most in, least bad in trying to reinvent her just yeah. because she sounded fresh and and fun which incidentally 
like Rodney Jerkins was at the the forefront of that album, yeah. and he managed to, to accomplish a similar thing with Whitney Houston a decade before, and. I just think that's really fascinating. Well, the she way also just... complained about After Discipline how the label she felt like never really right. supported it too. Which is didn't take it seriously. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. yeah. feedback was a minor hit. Not as big as it should have it been. Was it was a top 10, wasn't it? It was top 20. Oh. Uh, yeah. And then she did then did Rock With You as the next single and that I don't I think barely didn't even hit the top 40 yeah. and then it just stopped, promotion stopped after that. Like it was mm-hmm. like what bum it's done. And then she went on tour and she ended up having to cancel the tour because she had all these migraines mm-hmm. and like vertigo and all kinds of oh, crazy stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, and but Michael Jackson died. And, yeah. And, yeah. And then, yeah. All so, these other things. Yeah. And I think if anything, the um, Unbreakable album serves as a reminder in terms of her career that her best slash most successful work has not only been with her voice at the forefront. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm regardless of how you feel about her voice. And um, also with her working with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis yeah. as the sole people at the helm. Well, yeah. let's talk a little bit about Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis because although they very much, when you listen to Control and when you listen to Rhythm Nation, they are cause, because they are uh, members of the time, which was a Prince project basically, yeah. is very much Minneapolis sound, very much that Lynn drum machine, very much those pounding you know like beats yeah. that are very much of the age. But they evolved, and especially when you hit Janet Period self-titled, when you hit when you hit that, they really evolved with the times in interesting ways. They yeah. kind of set trends and follow trends. There's this nice little they do it. They yeah, have. they do a yeah. nice mix of both. At, yeah. at yeah. every point in her career, and they sound totally bad. I mean, Unbreakable, the first song, the title track. There's this soul sample in the background, and Janet really hasn't done samples before. This da la da. I feel know, like, like she first did samples on um, Rhythm Nation. On... Rhythm Nation was a sample. Yeah. Okay. Well, right. Yeah. But I feel like she used like the modern Kanye West style of sampling. Oh, with for the first time yeah. on Demita Joe. Yeah. Like to that, a lesser that title degree. song, which you yeah. hate, but it is very um, Kanye sounding. Yeah. Which I know he had a song on that album. But, but then but, again, I mean, you hear that, and then you hear something like "Damn Baby." Uh, you know, oh, like I this love that Me song. too. I love that song. That's, Honestly, I love the title track too. Yeah. I think it's yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. Um, and it has such an Should incredible groove too. Like I can think yeah. of the hooks on this Should album so readily. I mean, really all these albums that we're talking about from here on out. And so I don't I hundred percent don't mind putting it at number five, but I still want to talk about how great it is. Take yeah. me away that kind of rock yeah. that's swishing. That Take one has away. totally grown on yeah. me. Yeah. And that's it it's in the same vein. She does a lot of that like the, the the breeziness that kind of started with All For You, and I think it was done most effectively on All For You, and then and then Demita Joe and, and 20YO really overdid it. She uses that perfectly on Unbreakable. It's it's not every song, but where she uses it, and she uses it pretty often on, she uses it a bit on the title track, um, The Great Forever, Broken Hearts Heal, um, and especially Take Me Away, really use that as like a, a basis for the the track and it's really it's a nice throwback yeah. to mm-hmm. all for you era without sounding like she's just trying to make that same formula work again although i will say though i think that's so fascinating about this album is that i think if the latter half does suffer from a little bit of balladitis uh you know i think there's like you know you talk about black eagle well traveled it's kind of and a weird and weird thing like, well traveled feels like kind of the end of the album and then Gombe All Right, this explosively colorful 60s rock throwback yeah. happens. It's just like, Janet, you've never done 
this before, and it's I like kind of liked it. Oh though. yeah, I don't I love it. it. Oh but yeah, I like I, it. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. I don't. Yeah. I don't love it. Love it. But I. I think it's really fun, and I'm happy that she went there. Yeah. And I. I think also. Um, well traveled is interesting because the first time for me in her discography where I was like, this sounds like country. Yeah, a little bit. Like yeah. I mean, it it's not like, like a, Daddy Lessons level, but like, it's not yeah. quite Daddy Lessons, but it's like flirting elements. with that. What about the, the Deme- harmonies are very. What about the country interlude off of Demeter? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> but also, she also killed interludes, and also on top of it, uh, the opening to Unbreakable at the very end, she has a really nice little part there where she because t- on Twenty Yo, the opening is her like. 20 years, huh? I've talked about spousal abuse and, you know, like, you know, genocide and all these things. I guess I just want to have fun. I know. (laughs) And then on this one, on Unbreakable, she starts out just going like, hi, it's been a while. Hope you like what you hear. Like this very humble, very like. It's like, glad you're still here. Yeah, and I'm just like, and that's actually a really beautiful kind of thing. Yeah. And also it speaks to how much Janet throughout her career, I think has appreciated her fans in a way that, I don't think you see other pop stars totally appreciate Fair. them. Um, and even in public appearances that she's done, mm-hmm. um, and and even the way that she structures her tours, um, it's always been about doing it for the fans. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you were talking us to about that one tour where she did the songs from the first two albums. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I, God, I wish I could have... So on the Rock With You tour... Rock, rock, I think discipline. Rock with you. Was yeah. it rock with you or rock with you? I think, well, the song I was mean, rock with. You. Yeah, rock with you. But I feel like the tour was named. But then rock in, with on twenty Y O, I don't know why the, there's a difference. But well, anyway. twenty Y O, there was that bonus song, yeah. uh, "Roll with You." Oh the, right. Is yeah. it the Michael song called bonus. "Rock with You"? Um, ro- so <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a totally minor difference. <laughs> but so if we want to get technical I, about it, yeah. Michael's song is "Rock with You." Oh. Like, but... It's, it's dumb. It's a dumb... Anyway. Um, it's a minor linguistic difference. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. So, um, on that tour, she... Uh, w- which seemed like it was incredible because she did her full big production like she had done in mm-hmm. the past, um, but also included a medley of uh, Say You Do Young Lo- and Young Love from her debut album, and then um, uh, Don't Stand Another Chance from Dream Street, which for Janet super fans like <laughs> myself, is like, what the fuck? Oh my God, she's doing... You know, because she had never performed them live, really. I mean, she'd, she'd done them on like Soul Train or yeah. American Bandstand. Right, that's and that's not And that's also not live. Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, And so Another that was like... And she was just, like, doing it for the fans, who people who, like, gave a shit about her career from day one. Yeah. Um, and I feel like Unbreakable is not only uh, her reemergence into um, Cult- popular Cult- culture, yeah. but also a little bit of a love letter to the people who yeah. have, like, stuck by her. Yeah. And that's cool. And it's right? really, it's like, just a great I album. I, like I love that. it. It's great. Uh, yeah. So that being said, let's log it in to number five. All right. And now, given that we're down to control, Rhythm Nation, Velvet Rope, and All For You, I can't fucking make this choice so i'm gonna do I, the thing i always do taryn oh um it's i mean okay <laughs> you're it's, about it's, to say something no it's between two and i just have to like double check that that is really how i feel it is um i would i would put um velvet rope next at number four. Oh. okay before we do anything else can we admit among ourselves that whatever we say it's down to velvet rope and all for you at this point 
Mm. Oh, no. 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 The other day, uh, I was talking to Taryn about this, and I was just like, you know what? I think I might put Velvet Rope in number one. And I know Taryn looked at me with the eyes of like, really, baby? That's your thing? But the thing is that, like, that has, oh, the fucking, there is such an incredible run of songs off of Velvet Rope. I'm talking, I mean, the title track uh, with that fucking tubular bell sample in the background mm-hmm. is actually just, like, great and sinister. Got till it, it got till it's gone. I love that. That the mm. beautiful, understated, beautiful spoken song. And of course, one of uh, Shota's favorite songs of all time, I Get Lonely, which is called I Get Lonely, not I Get So Lonely, even though that's what she says, and he gets very adamant about that. But, it's, uh, it's, I mean, it's called I Get Lonely. I what can I, I, I don't, she, she wrote the song. It's called I Get Lonely. So many that fucking is, times. that's the thing is like, <sighs> go deep. Like, I will just say, all, all of these out four albums that I have left have like, one of my favorite Janet songs on them. Mm-hmm. What's the one on this one? Go deep. Yeah. And 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 I I mean also, what? I get lonely is is fucking amazing. It's not quite as high on the list yeah. for me, but I I love that it. Deep, that is one of her best sex jams she ever did. Period. Yes. yes. And see. It's so funny you say it, because I don't feel like I Get Lonely is a sex jam. Like, it, it has I mean, a, a right. sexy rhythm to Honestly, it, but in my brain... it almost sounds sad to me. Sad, oh, it's sexy. so it's sad. sad. It's, it's sad like, sexy. It's like, oh, yeah. It's like, um, it, I mean, and this is, as as we've said, I mean, literally she says on this album, I, I forget the exact wording, but the sad inter- interlude is, yeah, like, yeah. so heartbreaking. And, it's really, and you were saying this is the sad Janet album. This is depression Janet. Yeah. Um... Oh, okay. All right. Walk, walk us through. Walk us through, Nick. We're here. We're here. I'm, I'm not locked in on this. Okay. One, so don't, don't get don't all, feel like don't yeah. get your knickers in a twist. Oh, I will. like this. Okay. Isn't, this isn't on like the show to quarter. There's a segment called knickers, which is fantastic. Um, what? On the show to quota, there's a segment. You have oh, called okay. All right. Oh, oh, I no, oh no, I would never, never, ever, in any event. The Velvet Rope. Oh, Lord Jesus. Where's my champagne? Oh. Side note, we okay. reached over a thousand plays recently, so we're all drinking champagne. Thank you, the fans. We love you, the fans. Cheers. I know. Quote, um, unquote, fans. Yeah, all five of you. Uh, okay, so The Velvet Rope. And and after the first uh, hour, mm-hmm. it I, I think I... I understand the um, like the way that we're looking at things in terms of her career. Yeah. As far as what lasts. What, what yeah. There's like there's there's the question of what in her catalog fits into her iconography, and then there's maybe the question of what her defines her as yeah. as an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, if I can't have Janet. You're the gonna, album Janet. You're gonna bring um, down Velvet Rope. <laughs> I, I like Velvet Rope is my number two, and the reason why is that I think it's her second most consistent and most thoughtful album. Okay. Um, it also has one of my favorite. Got till it's gone is one of my favorite Janet songs yes. of all time. Hundred percent. Which is weird because it's like not one of her more personal songs. And it's weird because like even the keys in that are actually lower mixed than the drums themselves. Like it's like yeah. it's so the quiet. keys are like almost there. But and so, we want to talk so about Whisper Janet. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. But on but it's so, it's used so effectively in this yeah. one. Yeah. And I just love the groove to it. And she, when she the talks about the album, pretty 
um, she, or when she talks about that song specifically, she said that um, she's like, no, I just want to let this one groove for a little bit. And I just, I love that. I feel that. And, and also that Mark Romanek directed music video as well, yeah. based off of that uh, African uh, fashion magazine drum that came yeah. out at the time. He talked about, like, at the time, there was, you know, in black culture, especially in this era, there was just yeah. rap, it was bling, it was bitches, it was all this stuff. And he wanted to make a, a, a video that celebrated black culture in a much more... It, not classy, but like in a much more like traditional, much more stoic way. And by using this like very specific magazine and its style from the seventy, you know, from the seventies from Africa, it was just this tasteful, beautiful, just like simple. again, it was yeah. and and I, for me, it was it's it was such a celebration of of, of black women. Yeah, that video oh, yeah. and and that to me, I think what people don't necessarily give her credit for on this album was she was. A black woman who was allowing herself to be sad, mm-hmm. and that and like yeah. to be sad, be lonely, to be sexually expressive, to be um, sexually ambiguous to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that that <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's not forget, love and I got free zone. Uh, all free zone. Yeah. Um, tonight's the night where oh, she switches up the lyrics. Tonight's the night. Yeah. That's yeah. okay. I mentioned ballads earlier that do it for me. That yeah. is like one of the peaks for me yeah. as far as like ballads with Janet I I yeah. like that song hits all of the right buttons for me and listen yeah. Free Zone is really more of a producer showcase than it is a Janet for sure. showcase but I still feel like she's I mean she clearly still had creative input on it yeah. like even oh, yeah. if she wasn't pressing the actual buttons she was still I like you can you can still hear that same yeah Janet edge that she gets But that being said, for all the things we want to say about its weirdness and its eccentricities and its rope burns and all the other parts of it, guys, listen. I I don't hate rope burns. I don't either. But guys, listen. Together again, I I think that's one of her most perfect pop singles that she ever put out. Well, like that fucking song. Speaking of listening to things while you're growing up, I mean, <laughs> that's I, I feel like I knew... I never knew what the name of that song was. Right, I was actually in the same thing. Yeah, I knew every note of that song before I knew who Janet Jackson was. Like that song was so incredibly oversaturated when I was a child that it's just like seeped into my consciousness. And and the for me the chorus is is pretty damn saccharine. I love it. But but the verses are like perfectly crafted and so like for me the, the chorus is like a slightly lower point of the song mm. it's still great but the verses are so incredible and the way that they play with structure in this song yeah i like i agree it is one of her it's one of it's probably not just her i think it's one of the most perfect like pop moments mm. that has ever been a part of pop music but would you agree that Velvet Rope should go at number four? Well, I, I nominated it oh. as such. <laughs> I can't remember. I thought Shota nominated it. No, no, Shota was upset. Oh, okay. No, Shota, walk uh, us through. So, what would you nominate at number four? Um, shit, what do we have left? Um, I, I would put, put All For iconic You. iconic albums. You, all for I, I would put All For You at number four. And here's why. Okay. So, okay. If, if we stack up the other three albums, you've got Control... And Rhythm Nation, which are both iconic in their own way. And then you've got 
Velvet Rope, which I think is probably her most consistent artistic statement. I would agree with I that. Would, I, I would, agree, know, with I would that. agree with that, yeah. too. And All oh. For You, and I love All For You, don't oh. get me wrong. Right. I, I thought All For You as a, All For You, my first concert. Um, and that's a transformative experience, and, right. And it songs, gave me everything that I needed and more. Songs like Come On, Get Up sound okay on the record when you see them in concert. When, with the full choreo, all of it. Come it's on, so get good. up. Yeah. Um, I think that looking back on it now, you know, I, I, as I mentioned when we were watching it, it, you know, she, All For You was very much her effort to show that she could keep up with the Britneys, the Christinas, the, the young pop girls of the moment yeah. at, that, at that time. Yeah. And she totally could. Um, Absolutely. But it was the, the first hint that you got that what she was putting out was not necessarily super authentic Goodbye. just slightly like i love come on and again i love this album i love all for you i love come on get up um there's just a the the way that the album was crafted and promoted there was just a sense that she was like she wasn't trying too hard yet but she was like gonna get there so- and that's why demita joe ended up falling so short for me because that was when I was like, oh, she's trying too hard. Yeah. yeah. No, you know? I mean, yeah. I think a lot of people agree with you and on that end. Yeah. I, I'll, I'm just going to say right out front that going into this podcast, All For You is probably my number two. Yeah. Um, but I, I, it, a big negative for it for me that I kind of like have gotten over this week, but I, I, I still feel it a bit, is that I think like half of the songs... Certainly all of the singles mm. incorporate a hook from a 70s song <laughs> or or a sample like sure. um, Someone to Be My Lover has the Ventura Highway yeah, yeah. sample and it's just not it's not as good of a song as Ventura Highway. Sure. And so every time it starts, I just wish it was Ventura Highway mm. or in like the same and like Son of a Gun would be a great song. Oh, you mean Carly Simon's Death Poetry Jam? Yes. <laughs> Yes! Okay. Son of a gun, son of a Clouds gun. Clouds in my coffee! If you listen to what Janet and Jimmy Jam and Jerry Lewis are delivering on that track, <laughs> yep. it'd be great. And then there's Carly Simon. Fucking yeah. Carly, she and ruins that song. She I'm ruins not the song. Kidding. And it's so sad because... It's, it's a great song. It's a, it it's is a, a potentially great, great song. song. But here's, here's the other thing I want to point out, though. I What Nick should have said about The Velvet Robe, about it being a lot more psychologically terse, about a lot more artistically viable album, I agree with. I think that there is is a bold choice for an album. And I think the choices of an album, I think it deserves a lot more respect, and potentially even more respect than a lot of the other ones. I think it was a braver statement than some of these other albums that she did. That's true. However, the back end of that, the very ballad-heavy back end, there's there's some rough moments on there, and the thing is that all for you just released itself of any artistic license. It was just like pure pop pleasure, straight through and through. It still has some it rough does. ballads. It does, and I'm not I'm not denying I that at all. Agree. And I just feel like that one is just it's such a satisfying album in that way. I mean, to be to be completely frank, every since Control, she has taken the second half of her album and clumped a bunch a bunch of ballads together mm-hmm. and it's oh, always yeah. and it true. is always the weakest part of the album yeah, yeah. and it which is unfortunate because there's usually 
uh, and especially when she allowed herself five or six ballads, there's usually two or one or two yeah. that are like really solid songs, but they're stuck in the middle of these really, you know, a lot of times fully whispered, really sparse <laughs> R&B yeah. five and a half minute sex jams. And it just doesn't do anything. Yeah. It, like literally the songs do nothing from start to finish. Yeah. And so, and that's, all for you and Velvet Rope both suffer from this, and you know honestly at this point, just looking at the names of the songs, I can't even tell you which one suffers more. I think honestly, I think All for You suffers a little worse from it, just because it's not broken up as much. My votes mm. right now, just laying it out here, number four, I would put Velvet Rope. Number three, I put All for You. That's me. That's Evan. That's Evan. Dropping in some thoughts. Shoda's very torn. Shoda. Oh no, I'm not torn. I'm. I know how I feel. He knows exactly. Yeah. You're just breaking my heart. That's all. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I, I honestly, I honestly, even if I enjoy the music on All for You, because it, it's 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 at this point I think it's kind of slight. Like these top four albums for me are really close. Yeah, yeah. they're yeah. really close, and it's like. In different ways. It's and I, I I have I had kind of decided at least my ranking for these four going in, but they're so close that if you came back to me in a week, it, it would be in a different order. But that's and, next week. I'm talking about now. <laughs> right now, I think that I like the music on All for You a little bit more, but we're talking about albums in a whole as a whole. Yes. And so I think I might agree with Shoda that the artistic intent on Velvet Rope gives it a little bit of an edge. Would you say maybe then number four all for you? Number four all for you. Shoda? I, look, if 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 we have to duke it out for uh, Rhythmation and Control for one and two, I, I can handle Velvet Rope being number three. And all for you number four. Guys? I, yeah. Are we gonna do it? Okay, guys, listen. It's tough, and you knew this going into it, and I'm totally okay with it in that case. I'm just glad, like, 20YO isn't, in, isn't part of this conversation <laughs> or, at this point. And that, or Demita Joe. Thank God Evan's like, not a really big 20YO fan. Yeah. I know, otherwise we would be in uh, really rough straits. So, guys, let's put it this way. Starting at, for our part two podcast, number five, Unbreakable. Number four, all for you. Number three, The Velvet Rope. And, but here's the thing. Oh, oh Tara's got thoughts. I feel so weird about Control being in the top two. Really? Oh, really? oh shit. Okay, now, oh. Let, can I, let me just briefly describe my experience a little bit. Uh, Control was an album that I had that I always, like, I enjoyed. I'm like, okay, it was like a historical document more than anything else. But going into Research Week, and especially after hearing Self-Titled and hearing Dream Street... Listen to those chronologically, and I recommend our listeners do that if you're curious about Jane at all. You, listen to yeah. those. Just give a quick passive look. You don't even have to listen to the whole song. Trust me, it's, it's right. Fine. Listen yeah. to the first right. two minutes, yeah. and then move on with your life. And then, <laughs> and then listen to Control all the way through, because when that opening track, that self-titled track, comes through, it punches so hard. You don't and, get the context mm. of the Control the song until you realize. It's like, you know, she's breaking out. She's taking control. She literally didn't have any control over her career until yeah. this And point. now she's yeah. calling out her parents on the first line of her album mm. for not giving her control at all over her yeah. career. Like, yeah. it is bold as shit. It's, I mean, may I, oh, I was going to say. No, what were you going to say? I don't, I actually, I, 
What were you gonna I say? I was gonna say, may I say that this is her daddy lessons? You know, and, and here's uh, and here's the okay. thing. Here's the thing too. Minus, there. I mean, that's a rough comparison, but uh, so go ahead. I, I also during this week uh, drew another parallel in pop music from the song Control. Listen to the song Control, and then listen to Dirty Pop by In Sync. They ripped those verses. And similarly, listen to uh, yeah. "When I Think of You" and uh, "The Right Stuff" by New Kids on the Block. Do 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 do. Nineties nineties boy bands were basically just remaking Control. <laughs> Right. The oh. album over and over again. Yeah. I take it back. Control is totally not Janet's daddy lessons. That's no. I, <laughs> I regret that yeah. statement. And you know, no. here's the other thing, though. Uh. I would say that, and Taryn, we were talking about it earlier. Like the first, what was it? The first five, six songs, seven, seven of control of Control are it's it's a slamming album. Yeah. My only real big demerit I'm gonna throw on Control is that unlike Rhythm Nation, that album does sound dated. There are parts of it that yeah. truly do. When you hear, I mean, when you hear it, nasty, it really sounds that like is orchestra hit city. <laughs> like that is just it is so much of the era that yeah. and dates and it a hundred percent like fake brass. Yeah, like fake everything. <laughs> fake fake bass, fake guitar. It's all fake done. Keys. Yeah. it's all. And it and was it really a point it really shows. And yeah. it's and Jimmy Jimmy Jam and Jerry Lewis. Play those in. Jerry Lewis was really good on that album. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> they play those instruments. Well, so there's no reason to use synths to make right. them, but no, that's I, what yeah. everyone was doing in exactly. 1986. It was very post Minneapolis. Well, so I guess my question is, what albums from the 80s don't sound dated? I mean, Rhythm Nation a does lot sound of, kind of. A dated. lot of Thriller doesn't sound dated. A lot of Thriller sounds. Oh, I disagree. I think oh. Thriller sounds so dated. The only reason it doesn't sound dated is because it's become part of our that's, like. Cult, that's the like thing. Common that's the difference. Is 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 an is an album good enough to transcend the dated sound and just be great music, or are are you listening to it and going, oh wow, this really sounds? Because like there are certain insane. Prince albums that are very much sound dated, and there are other Prince albums that like, oh, this is good eighties. Right. Like, this the, is like. I think the difference is: does it sound like the era, or does it sound like everyone copied it right after it came out, or does it just sound like a great song? And sometimes this greatness of a particular song or album will transcend whatever instruments you throw on it. See, I don't know. I, um, That's our yeah, I mean, I, I agree that Control sounds dated, but there's nothing about that that bothers me because I'm, for me personally, uh-huh. I, I never hear the datedness. I just, like, nasty comes on. And I'm like, yes, who is eating that nasty food? <laughs> Tell me, Janet. <laughs> But, and really, it comes down to the pleasure. That's the yeah. No, okay. So that's the thing. And it, it, see, on this album, for for me, this whole album doesn't sound dated. Specific songs on it. Okay. Do. Yeah. Like I think that nasty sounds it does. dated. It really does. I think that you can be mine sounds really dated. As much as I enjoy it, and I really do enjoy that song. But Shoda, this is the album that has "What Have You Done for Me Lately" on it. I love that song. Yeah. What's, What's up, girl? <laughs> he stood me up again. Again? Mm-hmm. Well, what's up with this guy? <laughs> Do you really like him that much? Yes, I love him. He's so fun. He does not, lots of nice things for me. I know he used to do nice stuff for you, but what has he done for, for you, you lately? lately? 
Guys, I think we just ended the gay zone. Um, or the free zone. God, the best, best intro to any song ever. I mean, but legitimately, and then there was the time, Shota, when I sent you the uh, Sher- uh, Sharon Jones cover of What Have You Done For Me? Oh, Lately. I, sh- I died. Oh, I, my God, I yeah. died. In the and when that came out, this was like, you know, early 2000s, a lot of people like hear this classic soul sounding thing and like, was that like a cover that Janet did? Because that's what a lot of people thought because it just sounded so classic sounding and there's the horn stabs mm-hmm. and Sharon just going yeah. off on it. Oh, it's so good um i i will say that i think that pleasure principle is my favorite janet song i i would put that in my top 10 maybe my top five i love pleasure principle. What, would, what would be your number one janet song oh i mean it depends on the day i'm fully right? aware and um, we're talking about today when we're recording so the podcast t- for so millions today i <laughs> millions look anytime god till it's gone comes back comes on i just I, it just like I you, just wanna like not. I wanna like close my eyes and groove along with it. Um, yeah, that being said, uh, whenever Pleasure Principle comes on when I'm running, it like energy gives, like, gives sure. me that Bonus. boost. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. yes, yes. Jen, I pretend that I'm like doing her choreo Ooh, in the, the video <laughs> yeah, with the, the hand and shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, jumping on the chair and the, <laughs> yeah. Um, Sino, she became such a much more confident dancer as time went on, yes, too. Because like, like, when we initially uh, watched the Pleasure Principle video, we're just like... We were like, well, okay, to be fair, though, we didn't finish it. Yeah. We watched, like, the first 30 seconds of the Pleasure Principle video, seconds. just, yeah. you know, just, like, flipping through, and then we watched a couple other videos from Control, and then we got to Rhythm Nation, and we were like, oh, holy shit, this is, like, such a huge change. And I think it was less big of a change than we thought in that moment, because really... Especially if you watch the whole Pleasure Principle video. That second um, She's yeah. killing it. She's yeah. absolutely killing it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, so that being said, though, this is, and again, we come back to it time and time again, this ballads on the back end kind of, well, and also, here's the thing, He Doesn't Know I'm Alive is such an interesting song. And that is such an interesting... It, it is. because Well, the thing is that I keep coming back to is that that exact choice of words. It's not that he doesn't know who I am or anything else. Like, he doesn't know I'm alive. And there's this w- weird, like, bit in the lyrics where it's just kind of like, you know, I don't know, I'm alive. I th- I'm alive? Like, I'm almost just like, there's kind of this weird kind of psychological backstory thing. And there's a part of me that's kind of projecting onto I mean, it, but, like, when I listen to it, I, I'm like, I get this that a bit because the lyrics of that song are kind of stalkery. I was just going to yeah. say, like, yeah, I know yeah. she's totally stalking the dude the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Legit, legit, you, you, you can't just call someone and hang up the phone and then breathe yeah. at them and yeah. then hang up <laughs> guess what they'll call you back I, or they'll call their phone company and can you and be imagine like, what's this phone number jackson <laughs> calling you and hanging up yeah <laughs> anyway um well and okay so i think control is such a phenomenal feminist album yes it's phenomenal from yes. beginning to end with the exception of he doesn't know I'm alive which clearly doesn't pass the Bechdel test <laughs> <laughs> like, like, so really Bechdel like, Janik let's get real and and for that and that's and I, I think the song is like kind of fun and, and sweet I guess in a way um but it, it's the one outlier of the rest of the album like that is consistently yeah well the whole time she's she, I, She's in control mm-hmm. in yeah. every song, like right. lyrically, um, like that's that's just the narrative of that whole and album. Even and even, even weird... you can be mine, like yeah. parse those words right. out. You can be mine. Right. I take ownership of you, the boy. That's right. also f- interesting. Right. Yeah. Um, and so for 
yeah, uh, and Let's Wait a While, which is, like, I feel like is still somehow sex positive, even though it's encouraging, like, like let's wait to fuck. I don't know. <laughs> I know, yeah, I, I have conflicted I mean? feelings about it's, that song. It's like, but it's not like let's wait till marriage. It's right, just like, yeah, let's that's, make sure that we actually, like, feel right, this way about true, each other. Very which I so. feel like, that's not necessarily, like, a traditional right. feeling. That's just, like, maybe a good sense. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But, Rhythm Nation. Oh, I mean, fucking Rhythm Nation. Like, you, for me, the you, confidence that she gained on control, this. just be, it was a quantum leap. Because sonically, technically, it's similar, but Lord Howdy, does it feel completely yeah, different. It's, I mean, because she clearly, I don't, I don't know, especially after how, I mean, her first two albums were legitimate flops. Yes. I don't, like, she was really excited to mm-hmm. take control, but I don't think she was expecting anything. Sure. Because even though she was Janet Jackson, none of her other siblings besides Michael were famous at this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Like, so she was just like, whatever, Sorry, I'm going to do yeah. this, I'm going to put it out, and whatever happens, happens. And then she had five top 20 singles, four in the top 10. Like, mm-hmm. that's huge. So yeah, obviously yeah. she's going to, she comes back on Rhythm Nation with, a whole newfound sense of herself and a newfound sense of like confidence as a songwriter. And I think even uh, Jam and Lewis ha- also had more confidence. Right. Like, oh, that funk we guitar had... on Rhythm Nation, like that yeah. wasn't anywhere on control. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and they experimented a lot more here. And so it just, it, and there's, there's just like so many of her best songs for me from a songwriting standpoint, are on Rhythm Nation. But the other thing about Rhythm Nation that's interesting is that this is very much societal Janet, because unlike other albums where it's very much sexy Janet and then there's the occasional societal issue, this is societal Janet with the occasional sexy, like, fun, escapade-type song on there, too. Because we think about Rhythm Nation, but then you forget that the song right after that is State of the World, which is another slamming dance song. And the song right after that is The Knowledge. Right! Like, these are all really socially conscious, like... But she understands that socially conscious messages are boring. If you set them to slamming ass beats, you can say whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. And so she decided to use that as a way of being like, I'm going to impart some shit on here. So there's that. And then there's Black Cat, the most success, arguably the most, I still don't like it, but the arguably the most successful rock moment she's had. Oh, for sure. Yeah. By herself. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, there's uh, Escapade, which is a flawless pop number beyond compare. Amazing. Uh, and even then, honestly, I kind of dig a living in a world they didn't make. Like it's kind of like it's just oh, the, the crying do. baby at, at the end, end and the gunshot set. My dreams, and, right? Exactly. Uh, my nightmares. I'm I mean. sorry. No, that one does I not. Like that I like that one. That is that is by far the weakest moment on this album yeah. for me. Really? That's oh, the weakest yeah. moment for you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's, I mean, when you also, when you well, also it, talk to me about Sunday is tonight. You had issues with that initially. Oh, really? More about the content of, like, Someday is Tonight? I think you like, dreamed that. Okay. I don't remember. <laughs> I, 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 I like Someday is Tonight. I don't have huge problems with it. I mean, like, Lonely and Come Back to Me, again, this is her chunk of ballads at the end. The chunk of Not ballads. incredible songs, but they're fine. They're mm-hmm. not, like, again, they're not ballads that make me want to stab myself in the face. Like I'm, I'm glad about that. Um, but you know what? Whereas Living in a World They Didn't Make is, like, for me, it takes, it takes 
the social consciousness of those earlier tracks and, and maybe it it's far. because it's a ballad but it just it just it feels so like preachy to me and she doesn't she doesn't feel preachy at any like any other point in her career i never feel like mm-hmm. she's trying to cram a message down my throat like even rhythm nation rhythm nation to me has a stronger message it's all about like uniting and it's so powerful whereas living in a world they didn't make is so like bleak in comparison which well, i know that's it's literally yeah. it's supposed to be but it just it, it feels it doesn't feel right on this album for me but you and i have been talking about rhythm nation a lot yes okay you shouldn't have conflicting feelings on rhythm nation so yes here's my here's my deal with rhythm nation yeah um the song rhythm nation is incredible Mm -hmm. the video is incredible Mm -hmm. catchy choreography incredible groundbreaking also miss you much fyi just last night i i love i actually individual songs on this album i think are are staples i always want to hear them at her shows always that being said there is um a component of the socially conscious Mm -hmm. janet in Mm -hmm. quotes in big giant old quotes leather quotes that makes me roll my eyes about this album and it always kind of has Mm -hmm. because i mean there's nothing particularly specific in what she's saying She's she's kind of doing a, a catch all like let's fight the world the world's problems with dance, yeah. and bigotry no <laughs> uh, illiteracy no prejudice no oh oh thanks oh, Janet you think oh I was really big fans of those all of those things before you said no we're not allowing them anymore. You know, <laughs> and, here's a theory I have a theory I have though. I think Janet Jackson, it's, if you think about her personality, you think about the issues that she cares about, everything else like that, she, and her sexuality, she's weirdly, perfectly pitched between Madonna and Michael in terms of, like, how she tackles, like, all these things. I she's mean, very socially conscious and very sexy in a way Michael was, never was. I was going to say something relatively simil- similar, just mm-hmm. in the fact that Michael was hitting the socially conscious thing like really hard, hard by this really point. Really saccharine yeah. too. And so Feel and he world. does it he does it so much worse so than much Janet worse. ever does. Yes. That it, it just doesn't bother me as much. In the yeah. context of Janet, yeah. I get what you're saying. But in the context of other pop from the eighties, yeah. it it's really not. It was that kind of innovative bad. to a degree too. Like this is that's a bold move to right. not do like you don't, easy please. You don't have to it, when you're singing a social message song, it Leave doesn't have really to young. be yeah. like holding hands and singing kumbaya all together. You can do it in a really aggressive way. Well, but which I, don't, I think had been done before, but not recently. I don't think that she did the the socially conscious thing. Like I, I don't need. Please God, don't <laughs> give me a Janet holding hands with the world's ballad, whatever. Like I don't need a Janet. We are the world under no circumstances. Yeah. However, I would argue that the social consciousness that she has interjected into her later albums when she has chosen to like go that direction Selectively. has been more specific and therefore more effective. So like you've got New Agenda on Janet, which is specifically about her discussing being a black woman mm-hmm. and how like the erasure of her history. You've got um, Free Zone on the Velvet Rope, mm-hmm. um, which is... Uh, Kind of a uh, uh, sexual... Which is like, it's, it's pretty, like, explicitly stating, like, 
I support gay people. Right. I yes. support gay rights. And then, then there's also the undertones of Together Again, which was written for her friends who have died of AIDS. And mm-hmm. she was very explicit about that being the reason why she wrote that song. And I then think... there's also What About from The Velvet Rope, which is one of her most, I think, personal and like powerful songs. I It has one of my favorite lines in all of Janet. Oh, the... Oh. What about the time you said you didn't fuck, fuck her, her? She only, only gave she only you gave head. Your head. Yeah. yeah, which is just like, and I I love that it's not in the first chorus. Yeah, that she only does the first half of the chorus the first time, and then so then when it comes up later, it's yeah. even more like, oh shit, yeah. 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 What about that time? Yeah. What an asshole! And she did that song at the 1998 VH1 Fashion Awards, which and she they didn't want her to do it at the time because they're like, this is a fucking bummer song. Why would you do this at the Fashion Awards? But how, what a, what a great statement is that to do that song on, in, like, the fashion awards where, like, women are objectified. I don't know. I just think that Rhythm Nation, when she was very um, explicitly trying to have a message as part of her album, first of all, the, the, the message songs are, are not as prevalent as the, the non-message songs. Like, it's, a, it's by and large a pop album mm-hmm. that right. was promoted as a, as a like, socially conscious record. And, like, I, I don't know. I, there's just a part of me that's okay. always going to kind of roll my eyes I feel like it, that's though. why it doesn't bother me as much, is because she's like, here's my suite of socially conscious songs. It's these first three songs with their interludes, and then... We're done with it. Too much. We don't. Get we're the not. Point. Good. We're not. Stand. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And similarly, as much as you talk about that Chuck D moment, as much as you talk about Free Zone, not, none of the other socially conscious songs she ever did are as catchy or as relatable or as repeatable as Rhythm Nation, for that matter, too. She found a way, even in her non-specificness, to bring social issues to marry it to dance beats and cooks that would last longer than any of those other songs did. But yes, it was also totally devoid of the humanity and sexuality that uh, was very present in the rest of her albums, I think. Okay. Now, being deprived of sexuality, I don't, I don't I necessarily see that as say, an issue. I don't, right. I don't care if she's talking about sex or not. Yeah. But that was, that's such a, a key component of so much of her work. But that doesn't make it her best work, right? Like, this, I, I'm not going to disqualify work. her being social, Janet, just because she's not also. Oh, sexy it doesn't Janet. disqualify right. her, her. I just think that it, it is. As the chartographers gets deep sometimes, I want to point out. <laughs> I don't think it is representative of the, uh, of who she is as an artist. I think it is representative of a component of of a particular era of her career. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it is. I don't think it's her best work. I just don't. Like, I, I think it's kind of... I, I think it has g- great individual moments that don't necessarily add up to a uh, anything more than what is a, a product that was specifically designed and promoted... As a pop um, album. In a, no, it was promoted as this this um, this act of... of Protest? Uh, like... Pop... Um, social consciousness that's not very specific and and feels like it's really pushing too hard to do something that it doesn't really succeed at. It really doesn't bother me, though, yeah. because it just has her best collection of songs. And the other thing it about is her best collection I of songs. absolutely disagree. But here's the other thing, too, is that as much as we talk about this, and you, the dear listener, we're all these, you know, erudite, intellectual, whatever type people, you keep forgetting that the mass at large, the people that, you know, like, there was people that 
you know, to be terribly, horribly condescending, people that are dumber than us. Uh, and people that are just probably going to buy, like, just the fucking... Well, the dumber than me. But, uh... Dumber than... Okay, I'm dumber than... I'm one. rolling my eyes But, you. I mean, legitimately, though, the, the society in mass, they're usually sometimes not even necessarily going to think about uh, a lot of sometimes the deeper issues. They just kind of want that pop product to it. Well, again... Rhythm Nation has a slamming beat. I remember Bobby Evers when he was on, uh, when he mentioned in another podcast uh, how he was on an airplane once and there was, he was listening to Beyonce self titled. Uh, and then he just randomly had it on, and he noticed there was some other, like, you know, like, waitress or attendee or whatever that was on the plane, and she also, he noticed that she was listening to, like, the little album cover came up on her iPod, and she was listening to uh, Flawless, and she was listening to the that specific part, and she was like, are you okay? She seemed like she was kind of emotional, and just like, yeah, no, I'm just kind of like this, that, and that song, that feminist, you know, speech that I was talking about in there, women, you know, how they're supposed to be competing for, you know, jobs, but instead of, you know, now they're being told to compete for men. Like, that whole thing, and there was <coughs> that feminist moment in there, this, it's Beyonce. It's a pop album, and it's pushing all these ideas in such a digestible way. Right. And like, that album isn't about a social, a social message, right. but she's it's kind of about sex within marriage, well, really. But yeah. you're also confirming the point that I was trying to make earlier, which is that other Janet albums have had social messages mm-hmm. that have not been explicitly pushing a social message, but have still had one, and I think done it more effectively than On Rhythm Nation. So that... I don't... I guess I just it, I'm I'm a little bothered that you're looking at it so much through the way that it was marketed, like what twenty five years ago. It's well, it's and, not about and, the it's not just about the marketing. It's about the fact that it doesn't like the songs themselves. Okay, so so Rhythm Nation. Unity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. General unity. Um, the yeah. state of the world today. The world is shitty. Uh, <laughs> the knowledge. Uh, yeah. Prejudice. No. Yes. Ignorance. No. It's like, it's like, uh, ignorance. Bad. But there are so many more songs prejudice. than that, and no. we keep just stopping at that point. Well, right. Miss You Much is one of the best songs she's ever the done, one, and it's oh, like, and I, I totally agree with you. Amazing Prince tribute, and then you have Escapade on here, which, again, I, I think it's probably in my, like, top three of best Janet songs like there's just there's so many or or like all right all right you know mm-hmm. it's it's hard to like keep me it, i always am impressed if someone can keep me entertained for a full six and a half minutes <laughs> and she does that on that yeah. song yeah you know typically if we're reaching the five minute mark a lot of especially pop songs and we're looking at both janet and madonna who have a lot of songs that are really long a lot of them fall into that trap where like I okay it's three minutes in and I it's we're ready for it to be done and that just doesn't happen on this album for me I I am fully engaged from start to finish and like I said earlier I think it's like the best use of her interludes I think they're the most effective interludes like even as standalone little sound clips they bring you into that world but they bring you into the world's so much more, and so even when the, even when the even when the songs and the interludes step away from that socially conscious message, you still feel like you're part. You're in this same journey, and so the way that you said like Velvet Rope is such a strong artistic message, I I think I might agree that the artistic message on Velvet Rope is stronger than on Rhythm Nation. But it's a but the album. execution on Rhythm Nation is the most effective. Like, album as a whole, Rhythm Nation feels the most cohesive to me. So, a couple points real quick. A, 
you can see why we invited Nick Shota back, right? This is exactly <laughs> why we wanted to have him here, and I'm so fucking glad that we're having this discussion, because this is exact. I wasn't expecting to be this contentious, but this is great. This is fucking amazing, and I want to acknowledge that, too. We're really, like, we really yeah. care about what we arbitrarily are making <laughs> on a Janet Jackson podcast, but oh, this yeah. is fantastic. Secondly... So, I, I'm sorry, are you saying that out of the two things we have left, you would put control at number one? Well, <laughs> if, well, so here's, uh, don't give me stink face, <laughs> O'Reilly. I, I don't, d- 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 okay, we're talking about Janet, Miss Jackson, if you're nasty, okay? <laughs> um, anyway, so the, the, if, if, gun to my head. Yes. The, the short answer to that question is yes, and here's why. Because as part of this conversation, we've also discussed where these albums fit into Janet's iconography, right? Yes. And I think that both the Control album and the Rhythm Nation album um, have similar iconic statements in her career. Okay. For me, Control is the stronger, bolder one as a whole because... I'm 20 years old. I'm a feminist. I'm taking control of my life. Right. That, and also, like, nobody had any reason to give a shit about Janet at that moment. Mm-hmm. Like, she had two flopped albums. The The only thing that was, that allowed her to really even make a third album was the fact that she was a Jackson. Yeah. And for her to come out of the gate at that time, in in that decade, with such a strong message, the album is... <laughs> Has some hit or miss moments. Yes. Don't get me wrong, right. as all of them do. Yeah, um, for her to come out so strongly with with that, um, I think if we have to, if if it's between Rhythm Nation and Control, I would pick Control because to me, Rhythm Nation is is split into to essentially three parts for me. You've got like Social vague, socially socially conscious stuff. You've got the pop songs, and then you've got the ballads. The ballads all more or less sound the same. I like all of them, mm-hmm. but they're like they're kind of the same song. Right. Um, the pop songs are pretty much uniformly excellent, but kind of devoid of of the personality that I think Janet brought to the rest of her work. And the socially conscious stuff is fine. You can buy that with Black Cat, not less so with Miss You Oh shit! I, just... I always forget about Black Cat. I know. Um, uh, yeah, and then there's Black Cat, which is, like, kind of an outlier. Um, uh, and then... It's the one rock song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the socially conscious stuff is fine, um, and I think Rhythm Nation is a great song, I think the video is great. Uh, I just, I think, I don't think that she had much to say. And, and that's, whereas on Control, there was, like, so much that was bursting at, right out of the gates. I just and if if it if like gun to my head between the two, I would have to pick control. I still love both albums right. deeply. For the record, deeply. although we are very much contesting deeply. these things heavily, we love every basically everything we've had in this episode from Unbreakable Offer You the Velvet yeah. Robot. I love them all. Yeah. Terrible. That's what makes it hard. And also, Janet is still my number one Janet album. <laughs> uh. Yeah. But that's okay, it's fine. Listen to part Sorry. two. Part one. This is part two. God damn it. Anywho, Taryn's very conflicted. He's very torn. But also, I can I, I respect the fact that this is 
your your podcast. No, no, no that's no. not what it's about. I, I no, respect no, that no. it's your podcast. It's three individual opinions is sure. what's being taken into account. But it's also like if it, if it's two outvoting one, then I I understand. Mm-hmm. I I can respect that. I. You He's know. gonna take sweet revenge on the Whitney Houston podcast in two years. Funny girl subject number one: no questions. Oh, under no circumstances. <laughs> Are you out of your goddamn mind? Yeah, far. The worst, highest selling album ever. Anyway, um, oh guys, Oof. lines uh, in the sand. I uh, I can get down with half of that statement. But. <laughs> um, uh, this cool. is. I mean, this is really difficult. It really is. I just. I, I was literally, here's the thing, I was going to back you so hard on Rhythm Nation until I heard what Shodan no, had to and say he about made, Control. He, he no, and he's, he's made multiple point. very good arguments during this, during this recording, and so I just... <sighs> I'd like, here's the thing, so the part of me is like, yes, Control is a total just... breakthrough and a feminist masterpiece, and that opening seven song rung out of nine songs like, is so goddamn good. For, for me... Unlike Velvet Rope, neither of these have artistic messages that really, like, are put too much towards or against the album. Mm-hmm. Like, I I love listening to Rhythm Nation from start to finish. Even, even with the weak ballads at the end. Whatever. It's great. I just... For me, Rhythm Nation just has a couple more great songs on it than Control does. And if we're coming down to this wire where I have to pit them against each other, I just think that Rhythm Nation has the edge. It, it just is a more enjoyable listening experience as an album as a whole. I've never wanted something less to be something right of the deciding vote because I, it's so fucking hard, guys. We are down to two... Listen, and, like, part of me, like, really wants to just, like, throw up a white... I'm not going to do this on the photographers ever. Part of me wants to throw up a white flag and be like, it's a tie! But it's not going <laughs> to... It's or, not going to happen. You know what you could do? You could put it out to, the, to your listeners. Oh, fuck Tell no. them to comment. Tell them to comment. I love our listeners, but no, I'm a fucking egoist. I'm going to have tell, a Tell your listeners to comment, and then, uh, then that can be the deciding factor. I'm not about that. No, I love our listeners. And maybe they'll, they'll be in my corner. And no, and here's the thing. On the Facebook page, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash the chartographers, because uh, we want to know your comments and thoughts. We know you're there, Jericho especially. Uh, and hey, listen, Jericho. there's all so much things you want to <laughs> say. And guys, we've been talking about this. And th- really, the number one and number two, we talked about this for a half hour at this point, easily. Oh, shit. And, yes, I fucking, and I love it, and it's so great. And I'm weighing everything here and there. I'm thinking about the lesser ballads on control. I'm thinking about the risk that she took on control. And then similarly, the risk that she took you doing Rhythm Nation and how that very That's much the thing. I feel like with these two av- albums, the negatives, like, really equal Match each up. other. Like, there's, there's a set of weak ballads. There's an extra one on Rhythm Nation, but there's also two extra songs on Rhythm Nation. Yeah. So, like... And it, it listen. And I'm control gonna... doesn't have the interludes, so it doesn't feel like as much of a singular experience. And here's the thing, so I'm, I'm gonna sorry. call it right now, and I everyone. Oh boy! Thank oh, you shit. so much. Listen, this is the toughest decision we have ever made on the chartographers. It is by a hair, but I'm very proud to announce that on the chartographers ranking, control 
is number two. Oh, oh, oh no. Rhythm Nation number one, so we can do the part two. All right, number I'm five listen. is unbreakable. Listen up, you motherfuckers. We outvoted Nick Shona I feel so bad. Every time. I feel so bad. The, you know what? Look. The, oh, the first time that he, like, he didn't win any oh. of these battles, and it's the But worst. here's the thing, here's the thing. It's first fine. Off, Four is still the best Beyonce. Here's the thing. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. No, okay. No, no, no. But for, but for real, though, we're probably going to do, after we've done, like, 20 episodes, we're yeah. going to do, like, a recap about, oh, like, how shit. we feel about yeah. that. Yeah. And I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, so, like, and I think listen, we made a mistake. Here's, okay. here's all we Not need all. to know. Right. On we the part two of this episode, number five is Unbreakable, number four uh. is All For You, number three is The Velvet Row, number two is Control, number one is Janet Jackson's Rhythm of the Nation, 18-14. And guys, we clearly have a lot more to talk about. We have a happy hour mini-show coming right up after this. And in the meantime, listen... Nick Shota's going to get wasted and <laughs> tell you all how he really Nick feels. Nick Shota <laughs> is the greatest guest. <laughs> I love Nick Shota. Thank you for Nick being Shota, here. thank you for being such a good Dear sport. God, you are so I like I legitimately like feel bad about how much right. Evan and I just like totally overrode and they're you. Totally, like, yeah. <laughs> Listen, here's the deal. I I I love these kinds of conversations because first of all, I never get to have them. Hey. A. Um, fair, and fair. especially about Janet, which like is so disappointing because Janet's a fucking national. Janet is a national treasure. Yes, God no damn one's, it. No one's not. I think, um, yeah, I think we could all agree yeah. with that. Sorry, I just I get. I mean, literally, I, I, she is one of the most influential artists mm-hmm. as far as like shaping the the trend of pop music and through R&B. the last thirty years. I think she is up there with. I mean, it's she's up there like with Michael. And, yeah, and yeah. who else? Michael and Madonna. Yeah. Like, are... She's one and, of the like, divas. Like, Michael, Madonna, Prince, and Janet, I feel like, have defined pop music, at for least sure. for the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Completely. But, but B, you were going to say point B. Um, well, and, uh, you know, everyone... I, I have thoroughly enjoyed hearing both of your experiences with all of these albums, because, you know, mine is so different in a lot of ways and very specific and also for me one of the things i didn't mention one of the reasons why i deeply love the janet album was because that was like like one of my introductions to popular culture at large when i was a child um which is i mean that'll do it right like that some the summer of 1993 like that was when i was introduced to whitney janet mariah like all those those women that i mentioned yeah right i mean because it was the heyday yeah um and so like and all of those that that cumulative impact did not you only... say willie nelson <laughs> Get out. yes so but listen i want to dig into that story yes oh yeah well, i want to dig into the worst janet that, but... song yeah i want to dig into nipplegate i want to dig in so much okay. more and we're gonna do that in the happy hour menu so in the meantime though nicholas showed up thank you for being thank here. you Taren, thank you guys so much thank you for being here and dear listeners thank You're you for being here us. and post your Fucking comments, because dear God, I know you have that. Please them. tell yeah, us your ranking, because I'm sure it's so different. Please Hashtag validate my feelings, Hashtag listeners. Shoda. Let's get that trending, guys. <laughs> thank you so much. Keep on listening. You know that we'll be seeing the happy hour. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.